Jesus did pay it all. And that's why we don't have to work for or try to earn our salvation. When Jesus said it is finished on the cross, it was paid for. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Well, listen, um, <clears throat> I hope uh, over the last few weeks you've really in, have enjoyed the seven series. And Matthew 7, 7, talk about keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking was last Sunday. You know, don't give up. But I tell you, the seven series, there's three weeks of it. And if, if you missed any of it, uh, I know this week we're going to be working on getting all of our messages updated online. So get a chance to go back and listen to some of them because uh, that praising the seven times a day uh, is, is powerful. And since I started doing that, y'all, it has really rocked my world. I was sharing with Gene earlier before church. There's, there's a couple of things that have rocked me recently. And one of them was when I woke up during my surgery. Uh, when I heard the pounding, I heard that boom, boom. And, uh, and, you know, and then they had me strapped down. And I was telling Gene it was just, God has just shown me uh, what it meant for Jesus to be on that cross. Because I was trying to come up off that table. And I had three to four weeks to where my palms were numb, where they had me strapped down. And I must have been trying to get up. Couldn't feel anything, praise the Lord. But it's made me remember and remind me of just how much God loves us. And the fact that he endured the suffering. He endured the pain. And, and he, he didn't even, when they offered him something to even deaden it, he refused it. Now, I'm going to tell you, you think Jesus is wimpy? No, heck no. He's a man's man. <laughs> he's, he's more than that. He's a God's God. He is, he is exactly uh, the alpha. He is the omega. He's everything. But it has taught me a greater and deeper appreciation. And I've told my family I'll never be the same. And so this praising has been awesome. And next week we're going to be starting a series called Known. And that's the, the fact that we're known by God and we're known by our love for others. And so it's going to be a real personal series. It's a great time to invite uh, someone that hadn't been in church in a long time. Because they're going to really hear how much God loves them. In a, in a fresh and powerful way. So uh, we're going to be doing that. But today it's kind of one of those. You're transitioning. It's Labor Day weekend. The core of the core. The faithful are going to be here today. You know it's one of those Sundays. And so <clears throat> I've entitled this message. It's a standalone message. Never preached it before. But here it is. Remember who you are working for. Or another way of saying it. Remember who your boss is. Remember who's the boss. Remember who you're working for. Remember who's the boss. Now some of you men go, I know who I'm working for. I know who the boss is in my house. You know, uh, raising a, a, a set of puppies is funny because you got your male and your females, but do you know who becomes the boss in that litter of puppies? The alpha. Who becomes the boss? It's a woman. It's a female. And she bosses that litter. And my last litter happened to be, she wasn't the biggest puppy, but she was a yellow female, and she bossed them. And when they didn't act right, she bit their tail. She bit their tail so bad, some of them have got, or pretty bad from being bit on the tail. But, uh, you know, but I've learned a lot from that. But we all have to remember who the boss is. 
And so I want to give you some things that uh, should help encourage you and enlighten you on this day. C.W. Lewis made this statement, and this is one that I wrote down in the back of my Bible, and uh, it's something that we should all remember on a daily basis, and that is this. All that is not eternal is eternally useless. Could y'all say that with me? All that is not eternal is eternally useless. Wow. <clears throat> now that's worth writing down. Now on Labor Day weekend, when we're thinking about who's the boss, who are we working for, when you think about that, all that is not eternal is eternally useless. Now, who is this C.S. Lewis dude? He's, <laughs> he's the guy that wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. And so he's, he's a pretty cool dude. He knows he's got some great insight into some things. Very spiritual man. Here's another verse I want to give you for today. It says this. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, you get the whatever part, whatever you do, it doesn't matter what line of work you're in, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Whatever you do. Now, you know, some folks think, well, now you pastor, you work for God. You're the pastor. You work for God. Or you work for the church. The church is your boss. No, the church isn't my boss. I've had some people in churches almost kind of threaten me before with that. Don't you know we pay your salary? We can get rid of you. I'm like, listen, you're not my boss. I'm accountable to my elders and leaders. But I know who my boss is. And I know who the pavement comes from. It comes from him. I know that. And so you need to know this. You might think the people that sign your check, it might be a company. It might be a corporation. You might work for yourself. I know some folks that work for themselves because they can't work for nobody else. You know those people? Well, you might be one of those people. If you are, great. Start your own company. Be your own boss. Okay? More power to you. But whatever you do, do your work heartily. Now, some folks, if they were working for themselves, they might think, well, I'm going to work harder. Why? Because I'm working for myself. Man, if I don't put... If I don't do it, if I don't accomplish it, if I don't get this work done, then guess what? There's no food on the table. There's no air conditioning. There's no lights. We've got to pay the bills. You know that feeling. But this scripture says whatever you do, you do your work heartily as for whom? The Lord rather than for men. Now, I love this word here, heartily. I've got the definition of it for, here, for you here. Heartily is, means it's denoting or it's coming it's from origin. It means from or out of. So in other words, you're doing the origin of your work is coming from or out of the fact that you do it for the Lord. Does that make sense? The origin of your work and whatever you do is coming from the Lord. He's the one that originates it inside of you. He's the one that gives you the breath that you breathe. 
He's the one that gives you the brain that you have, the mental capacity for you to even think. You know, we don't even think about that. You know, the fact that I woke up and I had a sound mind this morning. I think I do. All right. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, are you thinking straight today? Just look at them and say, are you thinking straight today? All right. The fact that you have a sound mind, the fact that you have breath, the fact that you were able to know where to come. Did somebody have to tell you how to get here this morning? You just came, didn't you? Don't take that for granted. The day might come where you don't know whether you're going up the stairs or coming down them. That day might come. And so whatever, it, whatever originates, God has given us. God has given this as a gift to us so that, in fact, we are then returning it back to him. So with that being said, this is the basis for the text that I'm going to be in today because it comes at the very end of the last chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'll put it up here on the screen, but if you have your Bible or your phone, you can turn to it. It's verse 58. It talks about, this whole passage is talks about Jesus dying and his resurrection and the fact that he lives. And because he lives and because of all those facts, Paul summed up that whole chapter with this one verse. And I love it. This is like a life verse to me. And it's verse 58. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Boy, that's a, that's a great verse, isn't it? That's a verse that has a promise in it. That verse gives us commands, it gives us instruction, but it also comes with a promise. It comes with a divine promise from a God who cannot lie. He cannot lie. He says this, Brethren, the first thing that we should understand about our work is this. You must be steadfast in your work. Remember who your boss is. Whatever you do, remember who you're working for. But the first thing is you must be steadfast in your work. So that brings up the thought. Now, what does steadfast mean? It means steady as you move forward. Steady as you move forward. It means keep going until the work is done. Be steadfast in your work. In other words, you don't give up. You, you're steady, you keep at it, you keep doing your work. Now, how many times have you been working and you just wanted to give up and quit? You just, you just like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm out of here. I don't want to finish this job. I don't like what he said to do, and I'm just not going to do it. Remember who you're working for. It's not him you're working for the Lord. And that changes things, who your boss is. And so when you're given that assignment, and I've been there, I've done it. I've been on some jobs before that the only time I ever quit or walked off was the July of 1980. And it was 110 degrees in that field, and I was scouting cotton. And I about passed out. The cotton was this tall, and I was going through it, 
trying to get to my daddy's 1967 Chevrolet pickup that had no air condition. But I was trying to get to it to get to that water because I thought I was going to pass out. And I was only in my early, early 20s. And, you know, when you're 20, you think you can climb the highest mountains and swim the greatest oceans. You can do anything. Nobody can tell you anything because you can do it. You're in your 20s. And so, but I remember that day in that field, I said, God, if you'll just let me get to Old Blue, I'm, I'm getting my brother, and we're going to drive home, and we'll come back to work later in the evening. But it was so hot that I had to quit. Now, that was a condition that I didn't, I came back and later did the work, but I guess my common sense kicked in, too. It said, this, this is bad right now. Have you ever been in a situation like that, you just wanted to quit and give up? You look at the football teams. I, how many times have you been on a sports team and that coach said, one more time, one more time, hit it again. Keep going. Hit it again. And you wanted to quit. You wanted to give up. But guess what? When we work for the Lord in whatever job it is he gives us to do, he says you must be steadfast. Be steady as you go. Move forward. It's not going backwards. It's moving forward. My wife reminds me this of all the time. She said, you are really good at remembering the past. She said, if you'll just start focusing on the future... As much as you can remember the past, ain't no telling what God's going to do with you. Now, I tell you all the time, the voice of the Lord sounds a whole lot like my wife's voice. And I will always say that to the day I die. Here's the next one. What did he say in that verse? We must be steadfast. What was the next word? Immovable. Immovable. You must be immovable in your word. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean I don't ever change jobs? <laughs> no. It doesn't mean that if you don't like your work that you can't get another job. No, that doesn't know what it means. We shall not be moved. I sh you remember singing that? No, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Anybody sing that in church growing up? I'm just the only one. Grandma did. She's 92 back there. She sang it. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. That's a psalm, by the way, immovable. What does this word mean? It means not knocked over or not sidetracked. In other words, you can't push it over or you can't distract it. You don't get sidetracked when it comes to the work. Now, some of you that have some attention deficit issues in the room, if you got some of those, how, it's hard, isn't it? You get sidetracked. You bounce from one thing to other. Or your thoughts go there. But it's a key thing to not become distracted in your work. And there's all kinds of things that try to distract, particularly when it's a work of the Lord. When you're doing a work for the Lord. And remember, whatever you do, you're doing it for whom? For the Lord. Whether you're on a mission trip to Honduras, whether you're on a trip to Jamaica, whether you're walking into the school, whether you're going in, down into Carver at the middle school, whatever you're doing is for the Lord. This past week, um, I was at the gratis store, <clears throat> and there's, there was a man that was talking about a young man in our church and he, uh, who had just done the hate for him. 
And I, I was talking, and I said, yeah, you know him. He said, yeah, I just left his house. And we were sitting there talking Sunday evening at the grand store. And you know what he said? He said, he's one of the hardest working young men that I've ever met in my life. And he also said this, whatever he says, I believe it. He's a man of his word. Now, wouldn't you like that to be said about you if I was sitting at the gratis store and somebody began to talk about you? I've been sitting there before and somebody said, oh, so-and-so, yeah, I know him. That, that man is one of the most complaining people I've ever met in my life. I went, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, by the way, he's not here today, so if you, if you just had a guilt feeling come over you, it's not you. Unless the Spirit's dealing with you. <laughs> you he, you're not, he's not here today. But that's what he said about that man. And then I thought, hmm, that's all I said. I didn't say anything. I just went, hmm. But you know, when a man who never goes to church says certain about people that come to your church, I kind of take that as a grain of salt as well. Just saying. Just saying. But this is what he had to say. He's a hard worker. He's immovable. He stays to the task. He finishes it. He keeps going. He's not distracted. He's not going to give up. So you must be steadfast. You must be immovable. And then here's the next one. You must be always abounding in your work. You must be always abounding in your work. Now, you might be saying, well, what does that mean? Here's the definition. Overflowing. That means to overdo it. I remember when we first came here to start Gratis Church uh, at this school. I promised the principal. I said, listen, because the principal was a, at that time was a little leery of the church being in a school. And he didn't want any material left out or any sign of the church being here in case somebody come up. Didn't want to see any church literature or stuff like that. But I remember assuring the principal of this. I said, we, we will leave this place better than we found it. We will leave it better than we found it. If there's something that hadn't been picked up, we will pick it up. Miss Elsie used to go around washing the windows in this school on Sunday mornings, sweeping the floors. We, we've had Matt Calvert was blowing the front out there. Y'all remember him doing that? Blowing, sweeping, cleaning, picking up all over this place because our team was doing something over and above and beyond what we've been asked to do. And why do we do that? We do it as unto the Lord. We do it as unto the Lord. Listen, if you walk by and see a piece of trash on the floor and you don't pick it up, that says something to me about you. That tells me something about you. You might be thinking, well, I didn't do it. It ain't mine. I ain't picking it up. Or you might not see it. If you didn't see it, that's fine. That's fine. But if you saw it and you thought, I should pick that up, and you didn't, you kept on walking, you missed an opportunity. Whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. Heck, I got a job at a church one time. I got a, the biggest church that ever called me to pastor at it. I got a job because a fellow showed up. He, he never talked to me. He saw me picking up trash in the church I was pastoring in the yard. 
And he said, when I saw him doing that, that told me more about him than I ever needed to know. So he was, he was like, I want him. If he's willing to stew, he's willing to serve. Amen. That's a life lesson, y'all. Was I doing that? Did I even know that guy was in the parking lot watching me? No. Why did I do that? Whatever I do, I do it as unto the Lord. So I get to pick trash up for the Lord. Sometimes, you might think I'm crazy, but sometimes on Jug Road, I will take a trash bag and walk down the road and pick up everybody else's trash that they threw out. Why do I do that? Why do I do that? I do it as unto the Lord. Now, Angie thinks it bothers me that I see it all down through there. And that's part of it. That's part of it. Now, I want my street to look clean. Don't you want yours to look clean? You do. All right. Now, by the way, I can't watch that hoarding channel, that show. I can't watch that. I can't. But also know this. If I come to visit you in your house, I'm not there to inspect everything in your house. So just know that too, okay? I'm not there to do that. But whatever we do, we do it. To who? To who? To the Lord. To the Lord. So if you're on that sports team, and I tell Luke this all the time, I said, son, you're going out to play for Truett McConnell College, not college, university, this Tuesday and Thursday, right over here in Covington. He barely made the top five, but he made it. So he gets to play for the school. And I tell him all the time, what you're doing is not for Truett. You're playing for the Lord. You playing for the Lord. You give it your best every time you go out. And your best is all that God ever asks of you. Is it perfect? No. But your best is your best. And that's all we ask. That's all he ever asks of us. But it means to overflow, to overdo it, to go beyond doing as much as is possible. To go over, above, and beyond in what we do. And so to me, that says it all. Here's the key thought. The key thought. Next. Nope, not this one. The key thought is this. So are you working for that which has eternal value? That's the question you have to ask yourself. So am I working for that which has eternal value? Do I see my work as something that's going to make a difference for eternity? Do you see it that way? That's what God is saying to us today, y'all. That's what God's reminding us. Whatever we do, we do it as unto him. So whether it's at Walgreens, whether it's flipping burgers down here at the Dairy Queen, or whether it's on the side of the road, cutting right-of-ways, whatever you do, it's being noticed. Whatever you do, it's being watched. And whatever you do, you remember who you're working for. And I wanted to close by giving you some really cool uh, things to let you know that over these last seven years at Gratis, that our work for the Lord has not been in vain. And I know that on this weekend, there's a lot of people that travel and a lot of people are out. 
But the one thing that I do know is that a, a lot of you are the core, and there's a lot of them in the back that are serving too. But the other day at the store, Greta store, which is my second office, I had someone ask me, uh, y'all been meeting over there at that uh, Walker Park School? I said, yes. How long y'all been meeting? I said, seven years. He said, hadn't y'all, y'all been setting up, tearing down? Yes. Been doing that. Got three trailers, yes. He said, well, why hadn't y'all thought about meeting at that high school? I said, yes, we thought about it. But let me show you something right here. Seven years is 364 weeks. 364 weeks times what we pay for here is $172 a week. That's $62,608 we paid in rent. If we'd have been meeting at the high school, it's $700 a week. Do you know by setting up and tearing down, you'd see what amount of money's been saved here at Gratis Church? $192,192. $192. You don't think what you do matters? <laughs> and, and I know some of us have been setting up and tearing down go, man, we can't wait till we get our new building and we're going to rejoice with the best of them. But when you start... When he said that, that triggered me to just do the math. Do the math. And then when you combine the fact that if we had to put in storage the stuff we got in the trailers, and I conservatively used like $75 a month, and Caleb said, Daddy, you're crazy. It costs like 150 something to get a little storage unit. But it would have been like, the time you added 15000 to that, we're over 200 and something thousand dollars that have been saved. So let me say to you, your labor is not in vain. You might have thought, well, is this making a difference? The fact that in a minute we're going to uh, dismiss, the fact that you get up and carry a chair out to right out there, every one of you in this room pretty much has done that at some point. Do you see that as doing it for the Lord? Do you? Or do you just see it as, I'm just carrying a chair out? Or do you, every time you bring a chair into this place, do you think of, there's going to be somebody that's going to walk into that building today that is going to sit in that chair, and I don't know the kind of week they've had, but God knows. And the word they need to hear today is that God loves them and God cares for them because they hadn't had anybody tell them that they loved them in a long time. When, you, when I bring those chairs in, or you do, you got to be thinking that way. Had one old boy said, hey, he said, I just leave the trailer right there and let people get that chair and pick it up and bring it in. That's what he said. I said, well, I said, I thought about that. But when you think about that, that's not thinking about the preciousness of others. And so, yes, we have to sweat and we have to change our shirts, but we're going to have these chairs lined up for whomever to come. So whenever you come and take a seat, know this. Somebody has done a work for the Lord for you to be here, to be able to do that. So whatever you do. Now, I did this one. Some of y'all that have worked in the back, children's area I did a conservative number of 
paying a worker $10 an hour. $3,640 per worker. Because we've met for 364 weeks at $10 an hour. Uh, that number should be double because we, you serve back there a few hours. So really, let's double this number. If we had 10 workers, and I asked Anna yesterday, how many workers are on average have we had? And she said about 10. So when you double that number, that's like $72,000, $73,000 worth of child care. So whenever you're serving in the back, whenever you're serving and you're doing that nursery duty, <laughs> just remember what you're doing is for the Lord. But you know what, Anna, when I gave her these numbers, you know what Anna said? She said, a child's life that is changed by them coming to know Jesus, priceless. Priceless. You can't put a value on that. Some of you, your children, are going to be that day when they are baptized in the pool like we have. And oh, by the way, uh, we're going to take that pool with us and we're going to still use it in our new building. We're going to roll it in, roll it out. Priceless. And you think about the 50, 45 so people that have been saved and baptized right here in this room, in this school over the last several years. How can you put a price on that? What would be the price of a soul? What would it be? What, it would, what would it be if it was just one? But it hadn't been just one, has it, Bruce? It's been 40-something. Who knows how many more are coming? But, Harry, every time you go to the bank, every time you make those errands, who are you doing it for? He's doing it for the Lord. Them folks down there know him way better than they do me. He's in there every week making the deposits. What you do, you do for the Lord. So every one of you, I can name something about almost every one of you in this room of what you have done for the Lord. And remember this, your labor, knowing this, your toil, that word toil means intense labor, is not in vain. You know what that word vain means? Useless. Knowing that your intense labor, your work of love is not in vain. It's not useless in the Lord. And I remind you once again what C.S. Lewis said. All that is not eternal is eternally useless. So I love you, and I'm with you, and, I, and we're moving forward. And I thank God that we're doing it together because what we're doing is for the Lord. And when we, whatever you do, whatever you do, be reminded this of this on this Labor Day weekend. So if you got tomorrow off, praise the Lord, spend it time with your family, enjoy it, do something fun. Barbecue, hang out, whatever. Play with the puppies, play with a dog, have fun. Go fly a kite, whatever. But here's the deal. On Tuesday, when you get up, put a smile on your face, because you're going to work for who? Who? Uh -huh. For the Lord. And if I don't change your attitude, you, you, might, you might need to remember who your boss is. Who's your boss? Who's your boss?
I love you. And I'll remind you in love what he's saying to you today. Let's pray.